0: Good morning. Good morning.
1: Okay, so it's funny. I take the glasses off so I can see. (laughs) Take control. So, in
0: actuality,
1: okay, in actuality, this is a continuation really on. Learning to rest in in the Lord. Um, You know, as as my young people, uh, my kids are apt to say, there's levels to this. (laughs) And the Lord is teaching us to rest in him. And that means that those things that we think that we are inadequate to do, yes, we are. But in Christ, in God, he gives us the skill, the ability, the knowledge, the wisdom to do the things he's calling us to do. Our adequacy is from God. In 2 Corinthians 3, 5, it says, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. So these feelings of inadequacy were first introduced by the devil back in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3:5 says, For God knows that the now, this is the serpent talking to Eve. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 6. And so, when the woman saw that the tree, and and there's other things, she saw that it was, uh, um, I should have looked the whole thing up. But the part we're going to talk about is she saw that the tree was desirable to make one wise, and she took from its fruit and ate. Suddenly, she knew, even though when God created Adam and Eve and everything that was in the Garden of Eden, he said this, it it was good. It was very good. But suddenly, Eve wants to be like God. And suddenly, she is a knowledge that the fruit is desirable to make one wise. Why did she think she was unwise? She was perfect in God's sight back then, but the enemy introduced the lie right then and said, you're not adequate in yourself. You need to be like God. A lot of our troubles today are because we don't seek God for strength and wisdom and knowledge, but we take on the place of God and think we have it, think we can do it, think we know. So, what is adequate? What is the definition of adequate? Adequate in the uh, New Testament Greek means competent, it means fit, it means enough, it means good, sufficient, worthy. Now, considering the fact that our adequacy comes from God, these are the things, these are the characteristics that we possess when. We reside with the Lord and he abides in us. This is a given. Even if we don't feel like it, our adequacy comes from God if we trust him. But without the Lord, our God, we are inadequate, not enough. We're lacking quality or quantity. We're not good enough. We're insufficient for a purpose. We're not capable, inept, we're uh having a showing no skill clumsy unsuitable and even if we uh, are able to do some things and um, you know we believe wow I'm skillful in this area I could do this you have no idea what god can really do through you see our ways and our abilities are so limited We live in the physical here, but God takes us outside of that. He takes us into the supernatural. And and we can do things through God that we don't even know we're capable of doing. So what we're going to look at today is two kings, our two kings. We're going to look first at King Saul. Okay, King Saul. Now, by the world's standards, Saul came from a wealthy, influential family. 1 Samuel 9 1a to 2 says, There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land so he came from wealth he came from great influence um and he was a very handsome man uh almost distinguished because he was taller and you know and good looking um than anyone else in the land by the world's standards he's prosperous he's good he's at the top
0: But God
1: chose Saul to be the leader over his people. 1 Samuel nine fifteen through 16. I know, I don't know if you guys hear Chris sneezing. Bless you, babe. 1 uh, Samuel 9, 15 through 16. Now the Lord had told Samuel the previous day about this time tomorrow. I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin anoint him to be the leader of my people Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. So the Lord is telling Samuel, um, I'm going to send a gentleman to you. I'm going to send a man to you, and I want you to anoint him as leader. He is going to be the leader, the ruler over Israel. Saul's focus was not on God, but on himself. 1 Samuel 20b-21, through And I am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes. Saul replied, But I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel, and my family is the least important of all. The families of that tribe— oh." I'm sorry. And my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Saul, when he heard the message from Samuel, could not acknowledge the fact that God had sent Samuel to anoint him and that he was being called to be king. His focus was on, uh, but but who am I that? that you should call me what well, i'm i'm you know i'm from the least of the families i'm 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 you know the least important um, why are you he was focused on what he considered his inadequacies so first samuel 10:1 says then samuel took the flask of oil poured it on his head Saul's head, kissed him and said, has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? So then we pick up at verse 17. Samuel is introducing or bringing forth the leader um, that God has chosen. And so it says, starting at verse 17, therefore Samuel called the people together to the Lord at mitzvah. And he said to the sons of Israel, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought Israel up from Egypt and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the power of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But you have today rejected your God who delivers you from all your calamities and your distresses. Yet you have said no, but set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. Thus Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its families, and the Matrite family was taken. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him... He could not be found. Therefore, they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here yet? So the Lord said, behold, he is hiding himself by the baggage. So they ran and took him from there. And when the, when he stood before the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. Samuel said to all the people, do you see him? whom the Lord has chosen, surely there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, long live the king. Now, Saul had been anointed as king, but when he was to be presented to the people, Saul ran and hid himself. Again, still not focused on the Lord and the calling of the Lord and what God could do in him and through him. But focus on himself and his fear that he wasn't, he wouldn't be able to fulfill this work that God had called him to. He, he focused on his own inadequacies. So there was a task, a work that God was going to call Saul too. Now, Saul um, reigned as king for 42 years. And for a lot of that time, Saul continued to walk in his own um, wisdom, his own knowledge, his own thoughts, his own way of doing things. Even when God gave him specific direction, Saul counted on his own abilities. But as we know, in our flesh, we are inadequate to do the things that God has called us to do. In Deuteronomy chapters 10 through 26, Moses reminds the children of Israel of all the various laws and commandments given by the Lord. And at the very end of chapter 25, Moses tells them a very important task that was yet to be done. And they were never to forget the task that God was calling them to. So in Deuteronomy 25, 17 through 19, it says, Remember what Amalek did to you along the way when you came out from Egypt, how he met you along the way and attacked among you all the stragglers at your rear when you were faint and weary, and he did not fear God. Therefore, it shall come about when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your surrounding enemies in the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance to possess. You shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You must not forget. This was something that was very, very important to the lord it was he he did not take lightly how the enemy had come behind his children and picked off the older ones the younger ones the stragglers and god said you will blot them from under uh, the memory of them from under heaven you must not forget So we fast forward to Saul's time as king. And in um, 1 Samuel 15, 1 through 3, Samuel comes to Saul. Then Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek. For what he did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has. And do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. The word of the Lord given through Samuel to Saul was pretty specific. There was nothing that he could have uh, speculated on, could have thought maybe what God meant was uh, nothing. It was specific. Do not spare him. The king, do not spare him. Do not, and put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So then we fast, we go down to um, where Saul comes and they defeat the Amalek. So Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as you go to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were not willing to destroy them utterly. But everything despised and worthless, they were they utterly destroyed. First thing right there, he did not fully do what the Lord commanded him to do. 10, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret that I have made Saul king for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commandments. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself, then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. Now, that's the second thing that jumps out to me. He he stopped long enough to build a monument to himself, something that honored him. The Bible doesn't say it was an altar, but it was something that gave glory and honor to uh, Saul. He built it for himself. Uh, Verse 13, Samuel came to Saul and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? Saul said, they are utterly destroyed. Uh, Sorry, Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we have utterly destroyed. So first he says, we have done all that you have called us to do, that God called us to do. And then he says, well, we spared the best in order to sacrifice, not to the Lord, my God or our God, but to the Lord, your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, wait, and let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak. Samuel said, is it not true, though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribe of Israel? Now, I want to stop there for a second. This is how we know Saul was not hiding behind luggage uh, because he was being humble. Saul was hiding behind luggage because Saul saw himself as very little. And he was afraid. And so he, and so Samuel is calling him out and saying, even though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel. This was God's calling. And the Lord anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord, and went on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and have brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now the word of the Lord was destroy kill Agag. But he said, I obeyed God, but and I brought back Agag the king, and have utterly destroyed the Malachites twenty one. But the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the choicest of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to he- heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, this is where, you know, oh, what have I done? I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words because because I feared the people and listen to their voice. Now there's twofold thing here that speaks to me is that one is it's like Adam in, in, in Genesis. It's that woman you gave me. It's her fault. I, you know, they wanted to take those things, but the truth of the matter was Saul was afraid because I feared the people and listened to their voice. He did not heed the voice of the Lord who told him what to do. He listened to the voice of the people and allowed them to do what they did, and he brought back the king alive. Now, therefore, please uh, pardon my sin and return with me, that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul seized the edge of his robe and tore it. So Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. That last word, that last sentence really pierced my heart because he told, he basically told Saul it's torn. For, it, the kingdom has been taken from you, and it's given to somebody better than you. Why is the neighbor better than Saul? What makes Saul not adequate for this job? Let's look at for the for the position of being king. Let's look at King David. By the world standards.
0: David was a boy.
1: 1 Samuel seventeen Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. King Saul, when, when uh, the armies of Israel were running, from the Philistines and particularly from Goliath, the giant, David, a little, a young man, a little, short, little, ruddy young man came to the battleground on an errand from his father and he saw what was going on. And he said, I'll fight this Philistine. I'll fight him. And Saul replied again, don't be ridiculous. You're just a boy. By the world standards David was just a boy. God chose David to be king over his people. 1st Samuel 16:10 through 12. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Now, he had seven sons who were, you know, grown men, good looking, tall. Um, but just a few verses up, the Lord says, don't look at, you know, what, what What? was the thing that they saw about Saul? He was tall. He was handsome. Even Samuel said, is there another like him here? And yet here, God is saying to Samuel, don't look at their height, don't look at their stature, don't look at their their good looks. I look at the heart, not the outside of man. So, so, uh, So it says, Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was rudy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. What made Samuel tell Saul, the, the kingdom has been torn out of your hands and given to someone who is better than you. The Lord knew the heart of David. David was a man after God's own heart. And he knew that the, that David would make a king who would, a good king who would obey everything he asked him to do. So Samuel told um, And the Lord told Samuel, Arise and anoint David, for this is he. And David's focus was not on himself, but on God. Today, the Lord will conquer you. This is what David is saying to Goliath. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. David was not concerned about the size of Goliath, he wasn't concerned about the army, the Philistine army. His faith, he wasn't concerned about himself and you know what size he was, or was he old enough? As as uh, Saul had told him, he was but a boy. He knew the power of God within him, and that it would be God who conquered uh, Goliath and not himself. His adequacy was found in the Lord. David completely trusted God. First Samuel 17, 32 through 47. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him, Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. You are but a youth while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. Now, when we read up to that point, David is saying, you know, this is what I did. This is what I was able to do. I killed the lion in the sea. He says, I struck and killed him. Um, And. It it When you first start reading it, it looks like, okay, David, you're talking about what you did, what you did. But when we get down to verse 37, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. David knew who it was that gave him the abilities to rescue the lamb out of the mouth of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. David knew that he did not take out those animals by himself, but that it was God who delivered him. His focus and his faith and trust was totally on God. Verse 38, then Saul clothed David with his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with armor. David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. Saul was trying to help David. And of course we know that Saul's focus was on the natural, the flesh things. So in his in his way of trying to help David, he gave him his natural armor. Said, "Put this on. This will protect you." David said, "I haven't tested this. He couldn't walk in it. And so he took it off. And as we'll see, I, we'll talk about it in a minute. He took it off for 40 he took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in his pouch and his sling in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Then the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. Now, Goliath had a shield bearer in front of him. David had himself the sling, but I'm telling you, he had the armor of God. 42, when the Philistines looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy, and with a handsome appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, the Lord will deliver you up Into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David knew and trusted God. David had walked through some things with the Lord. When the Lord called David to certain things, David went through. He did not run He did not hide. He faced the battles that the Lord brought before him. He faced the challenges because he knew the battle was not his. It was God and that God would deliver him.
0: Man's armor
1: couldn't make David adequate for the task. um. Again, back to uh, 1 Samuel 17, when when David put on the armor from uh, Saul, he said, I haven't tested these. They were not what he was used to walking in. He was not used to walking in the natural um, armor. He was used to walking in the armor of God. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word of God, and constant communication of prayer with his God. Those are what made David adequate for any task that the Lord sent him to. It was not by David's might, not by David's power, but by the spirit of the Lord. Saul never fully came to understand that, but always tried to do things in and of himself in his own thoughts, and in his own way, his own wisdom. De- King David loved, trusted, and depended on the Lord, his God. while King Saul continually had his mind set on the things of the flesh. Romans 8, 5-8 says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh Was that not Saul's story? The Lord would call Saul to do something, but Saul could not subject himself and be obedient to what God called him to do. He did just enough of just barely what God called him to do, um, and then had a lot of excuses why he didn't do all of it. And in and in 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 most cases, Saul was more concerned about what his people, what his men thought, what his people thought, than he was about what God thought. David knew that he was not adequate in himself to consider anything as coming from himself, but knew that his adequacy was from God. Jeremiah 17:5 through eight. Thus says the Lord, Curses the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord for he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes but will live in stony waste and in the wilderness a land of salt without inhabitant this this passage that those verses right there remind me so much of Saul God called Saul to be king over Israel and had Saul trusted God, had Saul leaned into the Lord and followed everything that God called him, Saul would not have had the kingdom torn from him. He did not see prosperity when he came. He did not see the, the blessing that God had laid upon his life because he never looked to God. He looked to himself. Verses seven through uh, eight, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord, for he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. See, David was a blessed king. And even to this day, you know, our, our Lord and Savior Jesus came through the lineage of King David. The Lord blessed David because David truly was a man after his own heart. Was David perfect? No. But David loved God and he trusted God. Psalms 1188 through 9 says, "It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And Psalms 118:14, "The Lord is my strength and my song, and He has become my salvation. That word salvation in uh, the uh, Hebrew is victory, deliverance, Prosperity, Yeshua. The Lord is our salvation. If we trust Him, if we take refuge in Him, if we believe Him, if we obey Him, if we turn our eyes from ourselves and truly turn our eyes to the Lord our God. This message of the life of Saul, King Saul, and the life of King David, the same message is true for us today. We have a choice to make. Are we going to be King Saul's and be more concerned about what we think we can do, what people will think about us, um, or are we going to be more like King David and trust him and watch him move in miraculous ways in our life? John 15, 5-7, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. See, without the Lord, we can't do it. We can't do what what God called us to do. And even in our everyday living, things that we just do on a habitual basis, are we really doing them the best? that we possibly could if we are not trusting in God to lead us, to guide us, and to strengthen us to do those things. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. See, there are situations that we come into all the time that we're afraid our first instinct might be fear. Oh, Father, you called me to be whatever, a pastor. Lord, I don't know what that means. I don't know what, I don't know how to do that. And I have, and we have a choice. I have a choice. Do I fall at the feet of the Lord and ask him to teach me and to guide me and to lead me Cause it says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Or do I run and hide? Do I say, but Lord, I can't, I I don't know how I, I'm not. I, 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 I. Now I want to share just a, a, you know, as usual, a short, short testimony, because, you know, God is, is, um, I, I, the word that comes to mind is funny, but sometimes it's not humorous uh, in the fact that a lot of times he uses things that I'm going through as um, part of a sermon or as a testimony um, to his goodness. Um, and so here, this message speaks very deeply to me because th- this that I'm getting ready to share is just one time that I have struggled with what God has called me to do. One of my family members um, has a very, very dear friend. And um, this friend is also very, very dear to me. And this friend approached this family member and said, why have you never invited me to church? And this family member you know, was was really thrown and thought, well, I didn't know you were interested. And this mutual friend said, but you, you never asked me. They said, my family is from a Catholic background, but I know nothing. And this family member said, oh, I felt blood on my hands and as this family member was sharing this with me, I too was thrown into this. Oh my goodness. I have never invited this person. I have never even broached the subject about my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ to this person. And as I was thinking about it, my mind and my heart began to go into a place. And quietly, I heard the voice of the Lord as he spoke to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Rochelle, where are you? And I realized that in those few moments, God was saying, I am calling you to go and speak to this person. But where had I gone in my mind and in my heart? I was hiding behind the luggage. I was hiding behind the luggage because my first thought was, Lord, I, I can talk to people who know you. I can, I can encourage, I, I can do that. But But people who don't know you, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I... It it, it wasn't even so much of a, what if they rejected? It was, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? What, 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 what? Looking at myself, I, I, I. The Lord's, the Bible, the word of God says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It is no longer I, I, I who lives. It is Christ who lives in me. If Christ loved me and gave his life up for me, gave himself up for me, why am I hiding behind the luggage? instead of doing what he has called me to do. We have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about me. Anybody else been called to do something by the Lord and you found that, You are hiding behind the luggage. You're hiding. And it's not a place of being humble. It's a place of running from the call of God. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. See, there are many, many passages in the Bible that we read and we say, yes, amen, amen. Even this one, I can do all things to him who strengthens me. Yes. Amen. And then he says, okay, I want you to go. And you're like, what? Huh? So deeply in my heart, I want to be like Isaiah. Here I am, Lord, send me. And so Looking at those words of uh, in the Bible, those words of God that say, don't worry about what you're going to say. I will give you what you are to say in that moment. Even to Moses, I am the one who made your mouth. I will be with you. Do I believe that? Do I trust that? Either I will look to God like David or I will look to myself like Saul. Saul was disqualified from being king. I don't want to be disqualified. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. So have you been hiding behind luggage, focused on your own inadequacies? Isaiah 55, 6 through 13. Seek the Lord. While you can find him, call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. God's ways are not our ways. If we obey him, if we trust him, if we learn to rest in him, not focus on what we believe our inadequacies are, You know, the enemy is really good at saying, you can't, you can't. And something my sister Catherine has taught me is that, yeah, you you, you can say to the enemy, you're right, I can't. But my God can. My God can. And he tells me that with him, nothing is impossible. And I can do all things through him who strengthened me. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to hide behind the luggage anymore. I don't want to be the one that not even noticeably runs from the Lord, but finds that because my focus is in the wrong place, I am down the road again, hiding behind the luggage before I even recognize it. I want to be Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Send me. That is the message for today. Um, Before I. um, Pray or close out. um, Are there any? Any uh, comments or questions from anyone?
0: Um, Yes.
2: Okay. I don't know how good uh, I'll have reception. But truly, of the Lord's word is always a
0: blessing. Uh, Um. Mm, You you went out. Not
1: not really. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no worries. Um, I think I'll text this to um, to the pastors of what I got.
2: Um, yeah, we can go that way.
1: Now I'm hearing you pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're we're driving, so it's gonna be choppy. It's gonna be in and out. Um, but I, I think I'll just share with the pastors what I got.
1: Okay. Amen. Amen. Pastor Catherine. Amen. I got um a comment and then uh
2: two actually three comments. First of all, was totally blessed by the Lord's message through you today. I was blessed by how he delivered it. Mm. The Lord talks to us about the reading of the word, that we are called to do reading of the word to his people. And truly, you read Word today. (laughs) And so that was totally a blessing to me to see that. You know, because sometimes we have, well, I have as much pictures as I have Word. And -hmm. you had more Word than you had pictures, and that was awesome. Mm -hmm. That was awesome to see the reading of the Word. The second thing is a question
1: Why did God call David a man after his own heart? Because he was a man who would do all that God asked him to do.
2: Boom. Boom. Acts, you know, 1322. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs)
1: Acts. 1322? Yes, ma'am. Okay. 1322 says, After he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king. Concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Amen. Amen. And also, 1 Kings 15.5. 15.5. 15.5. First Kings 15, 5. Because David, because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the case of Uriah the Hittite.
2: Yeah. I love those two passages. If you want to be a person after God's own heart, be obedient. Amen. Be obedient. Do what he's called you to do and don't do what he's called you not to do. Amen. And I also love 1 Kings 15, 5, because again, the Lord speaks of his complete obedience, except in the case of. And that's what I love about the Lord's word. All the testimonies of all these saints. The Lord also shows us their flaws. Mm. So we don't think, well, I could never be like that. Yes. I could never be like that. Yes, you can. Through the power of his Holy Spirit, through the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. If you are just obedient, he can use you. Yes. He can use you. I love that. Mm -hmm. The other um, comment that I have is you mentioned that... um, you were a little hesitant to bring in your testimony because you said, here we go with the testimony again. You know, in a court of law, in a court of this land, <laughs> who was able to testify in case? a case? An eyewitness. And if you were not an eyewitness, can you testify? No. It's called hearsay. Yes. The apostles were eyewitnesses. The prophets were eyewitnesses, you know, and I'll, you know, jot those, you know, send those scriptures. In Luke chapter 1, verse 2, we know we're notified that the prophets were witnesses, Mm -hmm. eyewitnesses. And 2 Peter 1 16, we're notified in 2 Peter and in um, Acts 1 21 through 22, that the disciples were eyewitnesses. In fact, when they were choosing a disciple to replace, Judas, who had betrayed Jesus, they said it's gotta be someone who came in and out of us with the Lord here. Yes, it had to be an eyewitness. It had to be an eyewitness. And so for those who are afraid of telling their testimonies, do you not know that the Lord will send you to the very people that He brought you out of the situation they're in? Mm. Mm. You are eyewitness to the power and the glory and the ability of god yes don't be afraid to share your testimony you're
1: an eyewitness amen amen okay bye 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 (laughs) amen pastor emmon did you have something
3: i i didn't say anything but i was about to hit uh unmute yes (laughs) no (laughs) praise the lord before i share anyone here wants to share anything also Oh, Ray's comment. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I was going to read Ray's uh, notes and comment. Um, So what he was trying to share was that our our best is filthy rags to the Lord. In Isaiah 64, 6, it says, For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away and he wrote notice that the king disobeyed and people follow now if pastors parents disobey we will teach the sheep and our kids to do the same but if we obey we will teach our kids and his sheep to do the same so that was really powerful um, yeah so when I saw that I actually had uh, something in addition to so this uh, just now, uh, Pastor uh, Rochelle, uh, amazing! I, I love how much we are uh, spending in the spending time in the Word of God. Um, slide number twelve. Oh. I think at the end you were talking about the I, I, I. A lot of times we ourselves feeling inadequate, and Second Corinthians three was so powerful in talking about both ways. Mm-hmm. You know that our adequacy should not come from us, mm-hmm. it should come from the Lord. And I wanted to share from another perspective where the enemy is so tricky. One is to make us think we can never accomplish anything. But of course, today the word of God breaks that breaks that ceiling because of Jesus Christ. Only he can. Amen.
1: Amen.
3: What a trick that I know uh, not not I. <laughs> Maybe a few of us noticed during this weekend when we were traveling The enemy is starting to use you, 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 and you. Mm. Enemy is trying to lift up the humankind that they themselves think they are adequate. It was so powerful because you were showing King Saul's uh, 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 armory. Mm. King Saul was trying to transfer that to King David so that King David uh, don't have to rely on God. It becomes you, 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 and you. Mm. And so... uh, when we read Second Corinthians chapter three, um, it actually talks about the Israelite because they were um, so reliant on again their own to the point where, when scriptures are read, their hearts are hardened because the scriptures are not supposed to be read without Christ. It's supposed to be read with Christ because the scriptures is Christ, his gospel, his news, his. His ways, his, his strength, his adequacy, all of that comes from his truth. And so a lot of people now that we heard of, especially this weekend, are celebrating the word love. But it was kept reminded that you, your love, human love is celebrated. And none of that was credited to Jesus Christ. And it was very interesting to hear that and the sermon today encapsulate how the enemy works. One, the enemy belittled us. That's one way. The other way is puff us up without price. And so I just want to bring that part. And I think, uh, I wouldn't, I would end with the with a uh, part of the scripture concerning second Corinthians chapter three, uh, that whole passage about the hardening of heart was also found in Hebrews uh, chapter three, verse 15, uh, that says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoke me. Uh, it was repeated uh, several times in Hebrews and Psalms as well, that reminds us that as we seek God's mercy, we seek his voice. As we seek his voice, let's not harden our heart because it's not about I, it's not about you, but it's about Jesus Christ. So thank you Pastor Rochelle.
1: Praise God, amen. Anybody else want to
0: share anything?
1: Okay, Pastor Amon, can I get you to um Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not running to hide behind the luggage and hand it off. (laughs) Um, Okay, never mind. So is there anyone today who struggles with feelings of inadequacy to the point that you feel like you have looked at your own inabilities more than you have looked at God's possibilities in your life. And, um, you know, I'm, I personally, uh, uh Oh, if I get to the right place, I per, I personally can raise my hand on that one. Um, and if there's anyone else, we would I would really like to pray for you because I know how how serious this is. I think Pastor Adam hit on it. Um there is a sense either of I am not good enough or God, I got this, I don't need you. And either one of them makes us inadequate for the work that God has for us to do, unless we surrender that to the lord and allow him to use us and to move in our lives in ways that maybe we haven't seen yet um you know my prayer continually has been god i want to i want to see you move in my life maybe like i haven't seen in in you know 16 17 18 years um i want that that level of faith of going to to Europe and being confident that if you say, go, it's going to be 9-11. He wants us on a plane on 9-14 when, uh, you know, there's still a lot of fear, a lot of doubt. There was a lot of ministry that took place at the airport. And, um, you know, so I want to be that person that is willing to go and say, here I am, Lord. Is there anybody else that has that same desire and needs prayer? And um, now is the opportunity to just have the saints of God, the body of Christ to pray for all of us to be strengthened in this area in our lives so that God can use us. So by a show of, you know, if, if, if you know you want prayer, Uh, Can you click on your little hand, that little yellow hand, and we'll pray for you.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you. And so... Um I am going to say one other little thing and 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 the Lord knows Father don't let it don't let the enemy come and use it as a as anything other than from a pure heart. Many times when I bring messages like this, I think God am I the only one that's struggling in this area? Um am I the only one? And part of my Uh, apology for the testimony again was, I have yet another issue, but God is good because we all have issues. (laughs) We all have things that God is working on or that he is bringing to our attention to clean us up, to strengthen us, to encourage us. And so, um, you know, if you Truly, the, the offering of prayer is here. It is not a place to be ashamed that, you know, we have things that we need prayer for. Um, and so I'll just leave it there. Thank you for those who have put up a, a hand. And um, I am actually going to ask you again, Pastor Admin, can you pray? Because <laughs> I don't know if my hand is showing, but... Um,
3: Amen. Absolutely, and uh, we all need. Uh, I think in our mind is all the learning. Let's uh, ask God to help us as uh, humble ourselves to receive His Word. Uh, earlier, when uh, Pastor Rochelle read Jeremiah, reminds me of Psalms one one as well. It's like a tree planted by the water. And that tree does not have any concern at all. uh, Whether it's going to have ability to to uh, to 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 grow and to be sustained because it knows it has the source. Um, So, Father, we pray and thank you, Lord, for this afternoon. That Lord, let your spirit alone be the source of our adequacy. Lord, the world has its Seasons of breaking down your very creation. Father, it even reminds me how from day one, how we all were raised. Maybe we have families, maybe we have parents, maybe we have people told us we're nothing. And that a lot of fear and insecurity has been spoken into our lives in one way or another. And Lord, during those times, we fight, we, we try to run away from those things, but yet we build walls around us. We don't want to be hurt, yet we need to survive. And we continue on with those experiences growing up. And that Lord, those are the times that we didn't know the answer we didn't know where real strength comes from where real purpose life comes from and so we just kept going and father we pray to today at the hearing of your word let every of these bondages be broken in Jesus name by the blood of Jesus Christ every chain That is bound up your people, Lord. in, In insecurity, in fear, inadequacy, be broken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Be broken in Jesus' name. And Father, we do not rise with our own strength. But Lord, we only rise simply because you are our rock, our firm foundation, that we will not be shaken. That we would not be brought in places where it crumbles. Be brought in places where it has no, no stability to stand, to stand firm on. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, today at the hearing of your word, Lord, that you renew the hearts and the mind. Let our thoughts be renewed as well. All of the wounds of insecurity be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that it is not by our declaration of boldness that we go out to the world, but it's only by your authority that we are under the covering of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can speak of your power, speak of your truth, speak of your hope that is in us. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, every time when we think about adequacy, Lord, we think about Jesus Christ who made it all possible for us. Father, we pray for our families. We pray for our friends, our communities, Lord, where you have placed us. Father it's so true. They don't have Jesus Christ, but yet they too find a way to survive in this cruel world. Every comments, every thoughts have been judged whether it's through social media or just conversation with friends. The world we live in, Lord, is very generous in opinion and cutting people up. But yet they don't have Jesus. Those who even are being victimized by it don't have Jesus. So, Father, we pray today the message is, Lord Jesus, is for us to follow you. And in that, Lord, that we would be healed, that we will be restored, that we will be made strong through Jesus Christ. And in that, Lord, use us, Lord, as the salt and the light to this world, because there are those who do not know where to go. And it reminds us of Matthew, Lord, when you when you had the Sermon on the Mount, there were many, Lord, that you have spoken to. Lord, those who are deprived, those who are oppressed, those who are under the thumbs of religiosity, yet their hearts yearn to find truth, yearn to find hope. And there you are, Lord, you broke the ceiling. You broke the ceiling of oppression. You broke, Lord Jesus, all the legalism, Lord Jesus. The oppression, you broke all of that, Lord Jesus. And so, Father, this afternoon, Lord, thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for those who have raised their hand, whether emotionally or in their mind or physically, they have raised their hand. Lord, you have touched them. And Father, we thank you for your healing power and adequacy only through Jesus Christ alone. Thank you, Lord. Changes from the inside out. Thank you for each and every person today, both young and old, no matter what our family background, which, which country we're from, today we're called Christians, Christ followers. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, as always, um, for anyone who's interested uh, in the notes of the sermon, uh, they're available. Uh, it's just that as pastors we do you know send it to each other we we obviously are looking for opportunity for anyone who wants to revisit the sermon and study them more intently uh it's available as well so thank you once again Um, uh, just thank you lord for doing what he does so we're brought back safely and uh You know, and uh, Pastor Rochelle, thank you once again for uh, filling in for Jeannie's schedule today. So next week will be Pastor Jeannie. And then uh, several announcements. Dora will be heading back to Taiwan. Please lift her up and also Taiwan uh, as a whole for all the news that is happening uh, regarding China and Taiwan and the relationship with the rest of the world. Uh, Obviously, uh, Dora does carry a mission uh, to see her family. Uh, Pray for her. Uh, I would say this too. So, just a testimony. This is again eyewitnesses, ear witnesses. While uh, Dora had the opportunity to serve as a uh, what woman, what? Best
0: woman.
3: (laughs) Okay, best woman. Sorry, (laughs) I'm used to the word made of honor, but uh, best woman. She took the opportunity to share scripture, and it was. The ending was just perfect because as I mentioned, there was a officiator who talked about love, but it wasn't God's love, but conveniently at the end, he used amen. And I was like, amen to who? (laughs) Uh, But with the opportunity, uh, Dora shared uh, love that comes only from Christ and that was powerful. So with that, a few things happening this week um let's get together and come together in prayer because we know that it is through god's power that that change and heal and transform so we have the wednesday ladies prayer and then the men's prayer on on thursday at 7 p.m and then also we have the uh, men's fellowship and the ladies fellowship so please uh, mark your calendar and especially for those uh, who have joined us for the men's fellowship we're going through the uh, devotions through Resolution for Men. Please uh, take some time to review your book from chapter 1 to 4. So that's the uh, review there. Um, and definitely spend time with the Lord, thinking through what what God is speaking to the hearts of men especially. So with that, we do have the Ladies' Fellowship. Please contact Pastor Jeannie for more details if there's any uh, changes or updates. I think that's all the announcement. Um, that I that I could think of anything else. Did I miss anybody's birthday this week? No. All right. Well, God bless all of you. Uh, Jesus loves you, and we love you too. So, uh, before you head out, turn on your camera so we can see some of you too. Ooh. Hey, John. Hey, mama. Oh, I should turn on our camera, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you
3: are. Pastor Chris, we can see you in the blur background. (laughs) You can see Pastor Chris standing there in front of TV. Good to see you. Want
1: to say hi? (laughs) Sure. on. Oh. Hey. Yeah. Hey.
3: <laughs> we actually didn't hear the sneeze. We heard a little bit, very faint. So the the the. Oh. <laughs> uh, I wasn't like okay. boom, but I, I I can imagine it's, it's pretty loud. <laughs> mm
1: hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Doing okay? Oh yeah. Good. Good. Okay. okay. We love you guys. Love you. We all too. Bless. Bye
3: guys. Bye.
1: bye.
0: bye.
3: bye. bye. What's
0: wrong with this kid? <laughs>
3: Ready. Right.
0: Bye bye. Thank you so Thank much you. for sending.